Ronnie Lister, a one-time short con artist whose funeral I had been to seven months ago, and the recently deceased Philip Soames. Two of them were in prison, more evidence of my lack of top echelon work. Twenty-eight souls. Most of them had come to me because they were frightened, lonely, desperate, bereaved, sad, angry, or just plain lost. Some of them had gone away feeling better, like Philip Soames, on reflection perhaps the most well-adjusted person on the list. A few, like Louise earlier in the day, with the result they had fervently sought. But some had found they had lost more than they bargained for. To them I could only apologise, words that always fell too short of the mark. Some investigations have happy endings, some don't. I am the keeper of the last chance saloon. So what to do? Call all 24 still alive or at liberty, or concentrate on the person whose name I'd heard several times today. Linda saved me from further contemplation. She arrived in the office, posed in the doorway again, and beamed at me. I got the gig, she announced. Congratulate me. You were a shoo-in, I said. She stepped into the room. It's hot in here, she said. Mind if I open the window? Help yourself. Linda crossed the office. Behind me, I heard the window catch snap and Guns N' Roses' Live and Let Die blasted up from downstairs. It's a new development, I said. Linda moved around the desk back into my line of sight and sat down in my client chair. An improvement on Achy Breaky Heart, don't you think? I don't suppose the two songs are mutually exclusive, I said. Everybody's just a little bit country, she said. I stared at her. She beamed at me again. And how was your morning? We sat at a table outside the Nova Scotia pub, on the dockside in a well of quiet, ringed by the noise of distant traffic. Hotwell Road was a couple of hundred yards away across the other side of the floating harbour. To our left, the water in the Cumberland Basin was perfectly still. Beyond it, traffic leaving the city eased up the ramp to the swing bridge and met the stream coming into the city from the west along the portway. To our right, looking east, the floating harbour stretched almost a mile towards the city centre, past the SS Great Britain, the marina, the workshops and the ship's chandlers, past the veteran steamship Balmoral midway through a refit tied up outside the former Industrial Museum, now reborn as the high-tech, hands-on, interactive M-shed, and on to where the waterfront bars and bistros met the dead end of buildings and the business of the city. We had eaten toasted sandwiches and Linda was drinking a glass of the Nova Scotia House White. I was risking half a pint of old ferret, brewed in a backyard a few streets away from the pub. Many people still believe that Bristol is real ale central. So, Linda broke the silence. What? I repeat, how was your morning? Lucrative. Really? 
A little less scorn, if you please. She looked hurt. I swallowed another mouthful of old ferret. She waited. I gave up and spilled the beans. I have a new client, Deborah Thorne. Who is she? I don't know. I stared at Linda. There was obviously no chance of her bursting into something like, My God, Debbie, I've known her for years. Sorry, she said, I shouldn't ask. Client confidentiality and all that. She took another sip of the house white. No, ask away, I said. That's what I've got to do. Client confidentiality only matters if there's a bunch of secrets to keep. So far, in this case, I don't know any. I know my client's name. She gave me £1,250 to find her.